Hello guys and welcome to What's on La Liga, 30th match day after the international break. Alvaro, we had a lot of time to analyze El Clásico. There is still uh, La Liga title hopes for Barcelona. How are you, Alvaro? Very well, thank you, Edu. I don't know. I don't know about that, really. Uh, they are talking about that a lot, but it depends. Uh, it's all down to Real Madrid, really. I think that uh, mm -hmm. in the same way that we were speaking a couple of weeks ago, look, if they beat Mallorca, and they did, uh, La Liga is over uh, because, you know, coming into El Clásico with a 12-point difference is a lot. I think that if they beat Celta, it will be another massive stride towards the title. So, you know, uh, there are, of course, big games coming up. Uh, Real Madrid has to play still at Sevilla. But I believe that if Real Madrid wins the winnable games, and beating Celta this weekend is one of those, uh, you know, winnable games, on paper they have to win it. I think Real Madrid win, will, will win the title. We have a massive weekend. You mentioned in Balaidos, Celta, Real Madrid, in the Camp Nou, Barcelona, Sevilla. So let's analyze all the games with Álvaro and with you guys. Remember to leave your comments and press the like and subscribe. Let's go on now with the show. We have many news in this uh, international break in Spain, for instance. Uh, they broke the record uh, a couple of days ago for a female game all over the world in the Camp Nou. 99,000 viewers, I think, Alvaro. 91,000? Yeah. yeah, 91. Yeah, It was over 90,000 um, uh, fans, uh, attendance for uh, the Women's Champions League game between Real Madrid and Barcelona, or Barcelona and Real Madrid. And yeah, uh, full credit to all those who, who decided to attend the Camp Nou. You know, it was very nice to see uh, a fantastic attendance for uh, for a women's game. And hopefully, you know, this will have some uh, follow-up in the rest of the grounds around the world. Good marketing campaign. And also, let's uh, jump into the first game, Getafe-Mallorca. We had team news uh, in this team because Mallorca... They finally sacked, uh, well, finally, poor Luis García, no? but they sacked <laughs> Luis García. He did a great job. Uh, they lost against Espanol. They fall into the relegation spots before the international break. So now we have the Mexican, Javier Aguirre. We know him. He's a very fun guy. We love uh, Javier Aguirre. And he has to revitalize this Mallorca, six consecutive defeats and traveling to Getafe. This is a massive game also. For Getafe, four draws in the last five games, six winless games. They need also to win this game to stay away again from the bottom three. I agree. I think that the international break was kind of good for Getafe and Mallorca. For Mallorca, just to you know, uh, renew um, renew their coach. Uh, I mean, uh, just to sack Luis García Plaza and to get on board uh, Javier Aguirre. I think that Luis García was maybe not the man anymore uh, to keep Mallorca in uh, Primera División, uh, the man himself admitted that he was struggling with the sleep uh, over the last uh, weeks because uh, he was feeling a lot of pressure. And maybe this team needed something new, uh, a manager that uh, has a more positive message. I believe that Javier Aguirre, at least he's got some certain electricity around him that makes him a special man. I'm sure that the players are going to have an awakening with Javier Aguirre. Maybe this is too early. I don't know. The game is Getafe. But the truth is that Mallorca needed this, needed a, a new manager, needed new ideas and someone with a new, a new speech, at least. Someone who can come and persuade the players in some other way. Uh, this game is key for both anyway, I have to tell you, Edu, because uh, this is a six-pointer. I mean, 
in the head-to-head, -head, in the reverse fixture. This, play, this game was played at Mallorca uh, back in uh, autumn, and uh, the result was nil-nil. Nil-nil. So if Getafe wins it, for example, they know that they, they've got a positive head-to-head -head, uh, with Mallorca, and uh, that counts at the end of the season. Uh, because, you know, in case of uh, drawing on points with another team, it's not the goal difference what makes the difference and uh, breaks the, the draw. It is in La Liga the head-to-head. I think that this game is very important for Getafe and for Mallorca, but probably Kike Sánchez Flores is telling his players to win this game. This is mandatory. Why? Because the next games of Getafe are the following. Real Madrid, Villarreal, Celta and Betis. This is their calendar. So, Mallorca is the easiest prospect they've got on their horizon. Um, I was impressed by David Soria in the last game of Getafe. At San Mames, he was excellent. He did so many saves. Uh, Emne Sunal... Uh, he's still scoring goals. He has scored 14 in La Liga and Getafe has scored 27. So Emnes Unal is obviously the biggest threat that Getafe has. And um, when it comes to Mallorca, well, it's a bad moment for them. They've got a new manager. Baba, one of their good midfielders, is a doubt for this game. Um, it will be a really bad absentee for Mallorca because they don't have Ruiz de Galarreta anymore this season. So, you know, two of the ber their best midfielders wouldn't be on the pitch against Getafe. Uh, you know, Mallorca had two wins away this season. Uh, that's why I think that Getafe to win is more likely. Why? Because Getafe, under Kike Sánchez Flores, they have only suffered one defeat at home since he took over. Only one. And at the same time, Mallorca away from home, they are not doing their homework very often. So, Getafe to win, 220. But if you want to go for something more conservative, because you are not ready to back fully a team that stays in the bottom half of the table, you can go for example, an Asian handicap minus 0.25 for Getafe that pays 183. It means that if they win, you win. But if they draw, you get half a lose. I like that one uh, that one a lot. Uh, and if I have to go for the goals market, I don't expect um, a lot of goals here, to be honest, in this game. So keep that in mind. But Asian handicap minus 0.25 for Getafe is my favorite. I remember your tip in Athletic Getafe going for corners uh, and you were absolutely right. Uh, mm -hmm. Athletic Asian handicap corners. Lyle is asking us Benchich over Osaka. Well, we used to be tennis commentators, but... Uh, Paula Badosa. <laughs> Paula Badosa is out, actually, of Miami. No, but Let's I, jump. I like her, I like her. I like That's her what I mean. very much. <laughs> Me too. We agree. Uh, <laughs> Unfortunately, she's um, sick and she had to withdraw. Then, next game, uh, Levante Villarreal here with Levante. Doomed after the last game against Osasuna. I think they already lost all their hope to stay in Primera División. But at home recently, they drew with Espanol, David Elche. So they've been getting positive results at home, whereas for Villarreal away is the opposite. They lost to Cádiz. Uh, and perhaps now all their efforts uh, are in the Champions League. Of course, if you have Bayern de Munich uh, around the corner, you will put uh, your eyes on that huge game for Villarreal. Absolutely. But the thing here is that uh, Villarreal may be able to rotate a lot uh, before the game against Bayern, which happened next week. Why? Because uh, some players who were in the sidelines are back. For example, Gerard Moreno has had two I weeks to train. And this is so important for Villarreal. Uh, I believe that Samu Chukweze, even though he had some 
physical injuries, uh, he will be ready against Bayern. So maybe Jeremy Pino will play instead of him this time uh, against Levante. Uh, I think that one of the secrets of Villarreal is that they've got a very good squad. And even the injury of... Um, of uh, Alberto Moreno, a player who was playing a lot uh, for Villarreal this season, hasn't been catastrophic because Villarreal on the left, they've got many options. They've got Pervis, Estupiñán, they've got Pedraza, uh, they've got um, you know players who can actually be there. The squad of Villarreal is very good and I think that they've got enough to beat Levante. Um, look, Villarreal won 5-1 away there last season, okay? And Levante was a better team last season than this season. At the same time, uh, Gerard Moreno is back, and every time Gerard Moreno is back, he is a scoring guarantee. Uh, Levante has uh, players in the sidelines, not only Roberto Soldado, uh, who has an eagling injury and he won't be playing this game, but the Frutos, one of the best players of Levante, is out as well. So, you know, I think that even from the medical point of view, Villarreal should be favorite for this game. Uh, Levante in the last two games, I think that they lost definitely their chance to stay in La Liga. Why? Uh, because they drew with Espanyol and they lost to Osasuna. Uh, are the games against Espanyol or Osasuna winnable? Of course not. But if Levante wanted to stay in Primera División, they knew that that was their last chance. They have to win Espanyol, they have to beat Osasuna or at, or at least to get many points against them. And they didn't do it. If you want to stay in Primera, you need to win those games, especially if you are in this situation. So, for this game, I'm going to go for the following. And I'm not going for very um, generous odds here because uh, I think Villarreal is the favorite. I think that they are going to win. But on the other hand, I could also expect Villarreal uh, um, maybe thinking a little bit too much about Bayern. So I've got this doubt in my mind. But uh, what I do know is that both teams to score is something very likely to happen. Why? Because Villarreal is scoring many. And because Levante has scored in their last seven games, at least one goal. So both teams to score 166. I like that, I like that one. And of course, over 2.5 goals, which is a kind of a natural consequence of both teams to score. It's almost there. That pays 178. I like that one a lot too. But if you want to go for the full-time market, then you should know that Villarreal winning, which is what I would be backing, that doubles up your bet. Lyle home of TikTok are going also for both teams to score. Marco Estelina's first half uh, draw or goals for Amelie as well uh, because he thinks that Villarreal is going to bounce back. They have to also focus in La Liga if they want to play Europe and they want to play Europe. The following season, they are three points away from Real Sociedad. So for sure, of course, when you are uh, facing Bayern de Munich, I guess your eyes are on there, but they have to keep focus. In La Liga, eh, another Champions League team because we have three Spanish teams in the Champions League still alive. Real Madrid playing against Celta Vigo. It's been a tough two weeks for Real Madrid after that disgraceful game against <laughs> Barcelona in El Clásico. Every adjective is very short for their very poor performance. Absolutely shameful to wear. This teacher I'm playing like that in the Clásico, so I guess they have to improve, us, of course, Alvaro, and uh, be, again, the team that we've been seeing the whole season, which is a very tough team to beat, uh, very good uh, defensively. We don't have uh, Hazard. He got surgery in his ankle, but this is not uh, great uh, New news for Real Madrid. Ambalaidos won't be an easy ground, although this Celta is far from being good this season. The danger, of course, is in Iago Aspas. Absolutely. I think that Iago Aspas, who has scored this season, by the way, 
let me tell you, 13 goals, uh, three of them being penalties. Uh, he is the best and the biggest threat that Celta can offer. Uh, the thing is that, you know, I don't trust Celta a lot. Uh, we have spoken about this uh, this season, you and I, Edu. I think that Celta is the kind of thing that uh, I wouldn't say they are complacent uh, in the mid part of the table, but the truth is that they haven't been pushing for European places for a while now. And at the same time, they are rarely uh, threatened with relegation. And if you see their uh, position on the table, uh, you will see why. I mean, they are 12 points off Europe, and I believe that 12 points off Europe is a lot, considering that Real Sociedad is doing so badly lately. And they are 10 points away from relegation. They are not going to go down. So how much motivation do they have? I think their biggest motivation is playing Real Madrid. Uh, and I think that they are as dangerous against Real Madrid um, than they will be against Athletic Club Bilbao at home. You know what I mean? Because I think that the only thing that makes the difference uh, for Celta now is to to offer good performances against the best possible team. So, Celta, I can see them being motivated for this game, but no more than that. The truth is that as a team, they haven't been up front the best team, obviously, and defensively, I still don't rate them very highly. Jago Aspas is still the player that uh, they resort to when they need to win games. Uh, is Jago Aspas enough against Real Madrid? Maybe not. Maybe not this time, even though he, he has been excellent uh, this campaign. Again, again, again. Uh, it's difficult to call this one because uh, we still don't know if Benzema is going to be playing. This massive. is key. Ka Karim Benzema is massive for Real Madrid. He's so massive that uh, there are two connections at Real Madrid that mean everything to the team. The connection of Luka Modric with Karim Benzema. We saw that against PSG with a beautiful pass of Luka Modric to Benzema to score the second one, I think, of Real Madrid in that game. That connection is one of them. And the other connection is Benzema with Vinicius. Look. If Benzema is not there, those wires are not connecting to anybody. Modric, Vinicius, they are not connecting to Benzema. And then Real Madrid suffers. Benzema has been like the organizer of Real Madrid's attacking power. If Benzema is not there, Real Madrid is going to find it difficult to win. If Mendy is not there, well, Real Madrid defensively, they are going to be a little bit more shaky. And Benzema and Mendy both are doubtful for the game. And I could see Carlo Ancelotti, who, by the way, may not be at Balaidos because he's suffering from COVID-19. Um, you know, if those two are not there, uh, it may be as well because they are just being rested for the game against Chelsea, which is coming up next week. So, you know, I think that the Benzema thing is the, Benzema thing is the key factor here. Uh, Eden Hazard is not in the game as well, as you said before, Edu, but it doesn't matter anymore to Real Madrid fans. So I'm going to go for the following. An Asian handicap of... Uh, Minus 0.5 for Real Madrid, that pays 195, meaning that if they win, you win. If they draw, you lose. It's basically like going for a win. Same thing. Or an Asian handicap of minus 0.75 for Real Madrid. What, what does that mean? If they win by two, you win. And if they win by one, you get half a win. If I have to plump uh, for Celta winning or Real Madrid winning, I have to go for Real Madrid winning. I want to think that what happened in El Clásico is an accident. So I'm going to back strongly Real Madrid here. Asian handicap minus 0.5 or minus 0.75 for them. I completely agree with home of TikTok saying that the odds for Real Madrid are unbelievable uh, high uh, over two for Real Madrid to win. I think that uh, is correct. They are winning every single game. They are very reliable uh, playing away this season with or with ben, without Benzema's and Coisein. Real Madrid need to win, so we have very good odds to back uh, Los Blancos and perhaps <laughs> Gareth Bale is again available after his... Oh 
amazing match with uh, Wales. He played both games, actually, the last one, uh, some minutes. So perhaps he's the perfect alternative, for sure, uh, if Benzema is not available, for sure. Uh, Modric as a false nine. Ancelotti, never do no. it again. Eh? Please, no. please. <laughs> Modric in the midfield. And uh, the third uh, Spanish team that is going to play Champions League, Atletico de Madrid, uh, in a great run, playing Alaves uh, after their great victory in Old Trafford. They suffered, but they beat Rayo Vallecano as well. Uh, so four points now more than uh, Betis. All the squad is available. They are facing Man City in the Champions League, everything is positive apart from, of course, the disease of uh, Simeone's uh, father. He had to be away for some days and I guess they, we should expect them to beat Alaves, a team that is looking really bad. Alvaro, it looks uh, that they are going down. That defeat against Granada is really harmful. It is. Uh, Simeone's father, Edu, by the way, passed away. Passed away, yeah. unfortunately, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I guess that Simeone will want to dedicate another impressive win to, to his father, uh, of course, in the weekend against Alaves, and if he can, against, if he can against Manchester City. Um, you know, Atletico, they, something happened at Atletico. I think that they switched something after they lost against Levante. Levante, bottom of the table, beating Atletico. That was not right. That happened... Uh, in the, the lowest point of the season for Atletico de Madrid. And since then, they've been much better defensively. I think that they have recovered a lot the composure. I believe that Condogbia has been very important these days. Uh, Savage has been the, uh, the capo of their defense. And then uh, Koke returning has been um, really important, uh, I would say, uh, yeah, uh, return for Atletico because uh, Coque is offering a lot of positional stability to the team. Um, Atletico is the favorite for this game. I have no doubt about that because Alaves has won only one game in 2022 in La Liga and they have won only one win away. Uh, they have won only one game away this season. Um, and I know that Atletico will probably be having a little bit of their eyes in Manchester City. Uh, that's inevitable, even though. We know Simeone's philosophy and he says game by game, partido a partido. Um, but Atletico has enough squad just to think about this game and think about the next game. Uh, Coque and Correa, by the way, will be out for this game. I praised Coque before, but I was talking about how good Coque did in the past for Atletico, especially in March. But Coque and Correa are out for this game. And Bas, Cunha, Versalico, Lemar may not play, but Atletico has such a good squad that... Uh, this is not a big problem for them. For example, Marcos Llorente is improving, and I'm sure that, you know, uh, some players are missing, some others come back. So, I think that Atletico has more than enough to beat Alaves comfortably. Look, there are two options that I'm going to give our listeners here. One of them is Atletico winning to nil or keeping a clean sheet. If you believe on that, and uh, believe me, I think that uh, this is the right moment to back Atletico for that, a clean sheet for Atletico de Madrid pays 175. Or a win to nil pays 2.05. But if you don't believe in the clean sheet, because Atletico de Madrid this season is true, generally speaking, they've been a little bit disappointing when we back them for a clean sheet. But, you know, I think that they have changed. Uh, then go for Asian Handicap Corners. Minus 2.5 for Atletico de Madrid. That pays 177. They are going to attack more. They are going to take more corners. That's uh, almost for third time. And the half-time and full-time market backing home and home 
which means Atletico winning the first half and keeping the win in the second half. That is very good as well. That page 205. So I'm giving you a whole range of odds. Um, my favorite one here will be win to nil for Atletico. Yes. But if you don't believe on that, go, for example, for the Asian Handicap, minus 2.5 corners for Atletico. That's good enough as well. Mm, I'm really looking forward to watching Atlético de Madrid, Man City and this clash of styles, Guardiola and Simeone. I think this Atlético de Madrid right now, they can uh, harm um, Man City. Atlético to score in both halves, uh, Asian handicap, some other options if you are backing los colchoneros against Alaves on Saturday. And then on Sunday... We have Athletic Elche is our first game. Athletic dropping points against Getafe. We mentioned it before. They were attacking a lot. The Getafe's goalkeeper was the best. A lot of corners. And uh, now they are facing this Elche almost safe. Six points away from relegation. Not yet, but almost. Perhaps they need a couple more of victories. They lost uh, to Valencia. Perhaps now they are a bit more relaxed, this Elche. But it's always a tough team to beat. Eh? Uh, not sure if we should back Athletic with these very low odds, 1.5. Yeah, I agree. Uh, in fact, in this game, uh, I mistrust Athletic about this stage of the season a little bit because after they lost in the Spanish Cup second leg semifinal, uh, semifinal second leg against Valencia, it's like the team has decompressed a little bit. I believe that they don't genuinely believe that they can qualify for Europe, even though numerically they can. Athletic Club Bilbao is, let me tell you, uh, seven points away from European places with nine games to go. It's doable. It's doable. Why not? But I don't think that the team believes that. They put all their efforts in the Spanish Cup. That didn't happen. They didn't reach the final. And right now, I think that the team is a little bit, uh, I don't want to say complacent because this is... Uh, you know, uh, being a little bit irrespectful to Athletic Club Bilbao, but the truth is that when you don't get your main target, it's impossible not to, uh, you know, not to decompress a little bit. Uh, at the same time, uh, we still don't know about the future of Marcelino. I think that the, even the manager doesn't know it very well. Uh, I think that Marcelino can think that he's going to be the next Spanish manager when Luis Enrique mm -hmm. departs in um, in December 2022 because Luis Enrique is probably not staying and I think that Marcelino is one of the big candidates so it would be a little bit silly for Marcelino maybe to extend his contract if uh, he knows or if he has, he has some information that the Spain or the Spanish FA may offer him a contract. So yeah, that's the situation at Athletic Club Bilbao and at the same time, since Ari Chaduri departed, there is not a recognizable goal scorer and this is a problem for for Athletic because they uh, do very good attacking movements, but then they are missing the cutting edge. And this is so important if you want to be up there with the best. Uh, when it comes to Elche, I praise them, and uh, maybe not enough uh, in 2022, because they've been one of the tough teams to beat. Uh, I think that Elche is a perfect thermostat uh, to know exactly what is your level, your temperature. If you are not doing very well and you play against Elche, you are likely to to lose some points against them and uh, I've been very very surprised with this, their season because I thought that they were going to go down and they they surprised me they surprised me and I believe that they they deserve to to stay in primera división one more year uh, as far as I know there are not uh, Big uh, absentees in Elche. They will be playing with Boye and Peremilla up front. Tete Morente is having a great season. Badia, the goalkeeper, is excellent so far. So I'm going to go for the most recurrent but usual one from me. Athletic Club Bilbao, 
this season normally they take more corners than their opponents in every game. So Asian handicap corners minus 2.5 for Athletic that pays 172. I'm staying there. No more, no less. Good, good one. Hats off for Elche, almost safe. We have to say exactly the same for Osasuna. What a season they are doing, 38 points. We can say they are safe and they have not a great squad, but they are 10th in the standings. Now they are traveling to Seville to face Betis. And after the knockout in the Europa League, a bit uh, cruel actually against uh, Frankfurt, now they have to be focused in La Liga, four points away from the fourth spot. I guess they won't be playing the Champions League the following season, but they have to nail the Europa League spot, Álvaro. Yes, they do. And I think that Europa League right now is, uh, or qualifying for the Europa League, is uh, Betis' main target altogether with winning the Spanish Cup. Yep. Because they qualified for the final and they will be playing against Valencia. And let's not forget that if you win the Spanish Cup, you earn a place in Europe next season. So, you know, Betis has two different ways to qualify for European football next season. And it would be a shame that Betis... Uh, wouldn't play in Europe uh, in 2023 because I believe that the Betis are one of those good Spanish teams that, uh, you know, they are uh, enhancing the reputation of Spanish football wherever they go. Uh, it was the same what happened against Frankfurt. Uh, they couldn't beat them. I really hope that Barcelona just uh, takes the revenge for Betis and beat uh, the, German, the German team. Let's see. Let's see what happens. Um, you know, Betis, they have lost five games at home. You should know this at home. They haven't been perfect, but uh, they have always lost against difficult oppo opposition. They have lost there against Real Madrid, for example, you know, uh, teams like this against uh, Sevilla. But, um, you know, generally speaking, I would say that this is a game to, to back Betis here because their win pays decently. That pays 191. And Osasuna, yes, they've been good away from home this season, but at the same time, if I really have to go for one of them, I think that I have to go for the team that has more points, is playing at home, and has better players. And I think that Betis is ticking all those three boxes. So Betis to win 191. Over 2.5 goals, I like that one a lot, because Betis normally scores many at home. That pays 205. And uh, yeah, I think that those will be my favorite odds here. I think that uh, Betis to win is kind of a safe bet. Okay, we stay in Andalucía, Granada, Rayo. This is a massive game for the relegation battle. Be careful with Rayo, eh? only six points away from relegation. Two points in the last 10 games, so they can be dragged into the battle if they lose this one for Granada after a really bad run. They sacked their manager, Robert Moreno, on the first victory, and the Ruben Torrecilla arrived in Vitoria against Alaves. The odds are pretty much balanced. Álvaro, now that Rayo... They don't have Copa del Rey. They've been rested. They've been be uh, playing better against Sevilla or Atlético de Madrid. Perhaps they can even get points in Granada. Let's see. Let's see. Because Rayo Vallecano, away, away from home this season, they haven't been the best uh, in La Liga. I'm trying to think when was the last time that they got a point away from home. And uh, it happened in November against Valencia. But ever since then, they have played five games away from home and they have lost to Villarreal, to Atlético, to Celta, to Elche and to Cádiz. So this is Rayo Vallecano right now. Mm, away from home, they haven't been reliable at all, Edu. And uh, this game is a bit tricky uh, to bet, to be honest, because uh, how much can we trust on Torrecillas Granada? Maybe not a lot. So uh, I could go, for example, for something like a first half draw 
I like that one, 204. Uh, maybe Granada will have some precautions. Rayo Vallecano as well. Uh, that is not... Uh, there is not something um, that we haven't seen before, but uh, there are two uh, odds here that are slightly more conservative, but I really like. Asian Handicap 0 for Granada, that pays 188, meaning that if they win, you win, and if they draw, you get a stake refund, and one that is even more conservative, but it pays good enough because it pays over 1.5, which is the Asian Handicap plus 0.25 for Granada, meaning that if they win, you win, and if they draw, you get half a win. And again, Rayo Vallecano hasn't got a point away from home since November last year. So why not to think that Granada can get an Asian handicap plus 0.25 here? I like that one. It pays 1.6. Rayos 2022 actually has been awful, awful. And be careful. They are still not same safe. Home of TikTok is going for Granada to win. Eh, benvenuto, Salvatore, welcome and thanks for your comment. Eh, staying on Saturday's games, eh, Mestalla, Valencia, Cádiz. Here we have to say that eh, Cádiz made the right decision eh, changing manager because Sergio is making a miracle. I didn't believe in Cádiz, but eh, right now they are out of the relegation zone after beating uh, Rayo and Villarreal at home. They are also competing in every single game. For instance, they put a fight against Atletico, they drew with Granada, playing away, so perhaps also they put a fight against Valencia, although Valencia, Álvaro, they are in a very good run also and playing quite good recently. Yeah, Cádiz is a little bit uh, the opposite of Rayo Vallecano, I would say. <clears throat> Rayo started the league very well, uh, and now they are crumbling. In fact, I didn't say something about Rayo before that I would like to remark here. Uh, and Rayo away from home got five points this season, just for you to know, okay? But let's go with Cadiz. Um, I think that the most remarkable thing about Cadiz is that this season, uh, by the end of February, they had only won three games in La Liga, and in March they have won two games in La Liga. And that is putting them uh, up there. Not with the best, obviously, but far from relegation, one point far from relegation, and you get the feeling that the tendency is positive, the tendency is backing them. Cadiz is uh, making progress under Sergio, but they are playing against Valencia, and I think at Valencia, at home, they have been a really good proposition. In fact, they have lost three games at home, which is not a lot, but they have lost against the teams that they had to lose. Barcelona and Real Madrid. And then they lost to Espanol. But uh, I want to think that this is a bad exception, a bad day in the office for Valencia. Valencia at home has been really good. And I watched the other day checking a little bit um, the lineups in international football and the amount of Valencia players that they are uh, traveling away with their national teams is very, very remarkable, Edu. I mean, uh, you have to think that uh, the likes of... Uh, Gaia will play with Spain. Guillamón played with Spain. Soler played with Spain. Brian Hill, he will be likely to play with Spain in the future. Maxi Gómez qualified for the, uh, for the World Cup with Uruguay. Gonzalo Guedes, he's in the Portuguese squad. Musa, he qualified for the World Cup with the United States. This is a team that has decent players as well. So I think that Valencia season, uh, as much as we have been a little bit uh, too... Praising too much Bordalas should have been slightly better because Valencia has very good players and they've got only four points. So maybe in these last nine games, Valencia 
is uh, finally uh, getting the amount of points that we think that they should be getting after the season. I think that if Valencia finishes with 57, 58 points, it's going to be a good season for them, all together with playing the cup final. So, for this game, uh, I'm going to go for the following. Valencia to win, that pays almost two. It's very good. It's very good because Valencia are playing at home and they have only lost three games at home this season. Or one a little bit more spicy, if you like, an Asian handicap minus 0.75 for Valencia, meaning that if they win by two, you win, and if they win by one, you get half a win. All right, uh, Lyle is going for over 2.5 goals. Mm, be careful because uh, Valencia's games usually we don't see many goals also. Well, Cadiz used to concede many goals, but now they've improved also defensively. Um, this is for Valencia Cadiz and on Sunday, the last game we have Barcelona Sevilla. Everything is positive, everything is good in uh, Barcelona after the exhibition at Bernabeu. Perhaps now we can talk about <laughs> La Sabineta no? and everything that Xavi is doing well for Barcelona. Even they might extend uh, Dembélé's contract. Now they are in talks to renew his contract and he looked uh, gone uh, a couple of months ago and everything is positive for Barcelona. Not for Sevilla, still with a lot of uh, issues with injuries. Fernando is going to be out uh, the whole season, out of the Europa League. Many criticism around Lopetegui. He will stay one season more. And uh, Sevilla, Álvaro, they've been struggling away a lot in the last months uh, across the season, I would say. So it will be a massive surprise if Sevilla can even put a fight, in my opinion, to this Barcelona. Look, I was uh, at London Ground, London Stadium, watching uh, West Ham United, Sevilla, and I was so disappointed with Sevilla. They were awful. They were slow. They were not uh, direct. They didn't have the appetite to win that game, and they were too speculative. And this is the story of Sevilla this season. I mean, away from home, they... In my opinion, they've been very disappointing. When was the last time they won a, a, way, a, a game a, away in La Liga? It was in That's January true. against Cadiz, and uh -huh. they beat them 1-0. But since then, uh, they, have, uh, they haven't been able to, to lose, either to win, against Valencia, Osasuna, Español, Alaves, and Rayo Vallecano. This is exactly the reason why Sevilla is not going to win a title uh, in a league. Because away from home, they are always going for the draw, and then at home, they managed to win, yes, but uh, you know, winning gives you three points. This is not football in 1980s when you got two points from winning, one from drawing. Uh, it's impossible for Sevilla just to challenge any league title if they are so conservative away from home. And uh, Sevilla, I also think that their squad is not as good as we may think. I think Villarreal's squad, for example, is better. Um, I'm talking about teams that are in, the, in a similar situation. I think that, for example, Delaney was very poor against the uh, West Ham United, and he's nowhere near the level of Fernando, who is going to be missing for the remainder of the season. Then the absentees didn't help either, but Sevilla hasn't had a striker who makes the difference since Wissam Ben Yedder, and he left Sevilla two or three years ago. And, you know, I know that Lopetegui uh, is historically, probably points-wise, the best manager Sevilla ever had. Uh, the point rate of Lopetegui is higher than anybody else's, higher than Sampaolis, higher than Juandes, higher than any manager of Sevilla that you may think of. Yeah, but does that matter really? I mean, Lopetegui is the kind of man who tells you, you are a 2% better than last year. Yeah, but nobody thinks in those terms anymore. I mean, 
give me something to be happy about. Tell me something that I, I can have some enthusiasm about. Lopetegui never talks about winning La Liga, never talks about winning titles, and his speech is a little bit dull. I think that this is Lopetegui. He's and against West Ham United, he played defensively in a game when he didn't have to. Um, there are decisions that define yourself. Uh, for example, Lopetegui, I will never forget because I was there. Uh, in 2015, his Porto team traveled to Chelsea ground and Chelsea was having a terrible time under Mourinho in 2015, in winter. And Lopetegui's support have to win that game. They have to win. He, he played with no strikers. They have to win, otherwise they were out of the Champions League. And he played with Brahimi up front. This is Lopetegui as well, for good or for bad. I think that he's a reliable manager, but at the same time, in the league context, he's not daring enough. He's a little bit of a coward. And Barcelona is doing very well right now. Barcelona won, beat Real Madrid 4 0. I think that it was a phenomenal game of Aubameyang. Phenomenal. Uh, his scoring ratio is really good for Barcelona. Ferran Torres is little by little, little uh, hitting the numbers that we all thought that he could hit with the Spanish national team. He was again um, showing that he's got cutting edge, that he's a direct striker, that he's hungry. Um, you know, it's a good moment for Barcelona. I don't know if Dembélé is going to extend his contract. The offer apparently is still there. I think that for Dembélé's future, the best thing will be to stay at Barcelona, but he may have another ideas because they are offering, or Barcelona is offering Dembélé less than he want to get, and he's got some very good offers on the table. But for this game, I'm going for the following. Uh, Barcelona to score in both halves, as they did against Real Madrid. I like that one. That pays 240. Or an Asian handicap minus one for Barcelona. That pays 184, meaning that if Barcelona wins by two goals, uh, you win your bet. And I like that one a lot too. Hmm. Armin is asking you about Barca and his options to win the Europa League. We will talk about the Europa League the next week. We thought 2.6, I guess, uh, with this Barcelona, no, they are able to win and to beat every single team. And of course, they are the biggest favorites to win the Europa League, Alvaro. They are asking, uh, Armin Bielefeld is uh, asking us whether Barcelona is going to hmm. win the Europa League. I think that, yes, I, I could consider Barcelona more favorite than the rest. But I think that they are not overwhelmingly favorite. There is not an overwhelming favorite in Europe ever, ever. But I think that if you have to pick one team, probably you have to go for Barcelona and maybe RB Leipzig. I think that those teams will be the most favorite to win it. But I think that La Liga has a better level than Bundesliga. Sorry about that. Armin uh, Bielefeld. Uh, and I think that Barcelona should be um, a slightly favorite to win uh, in any ground in the Europa League. Yes. Mm, we will talk next week about uh, Europa League uh, and we have one game left in La Liga on Monday, Real Sociedad Español, Español uh, save, Real Sociedad sixth uh, with 48 points, uh, they drew against Sevilla at home, they've been way better, they won four out of the last five games, we haven't seen many goals in most of Real Sociedad games, they haven't conceded actually in the last five home game, so perhaps Álvaro, we see a low scoring game, Real Sociedad to win perhaps because Español, they are very bad, usually when they are traveling outside Cornella. Yes, uh, in fact, I agree with the goals thing, um, under 2.5 goals in this game, that pays 183, I like that one, and don't forget that Oyarzabal is out for the rest of the season Ooh, and for the beginning point. of the next season as well, mm -hmm. which uh, will compromise his participation in World Cup 2022 unfortunately. So with Oyarzabal being out, Real Sociedad is less likely to score goals. I was checking the numbers here. It is absolutely crazy that Real Sociedad has 
administer so well the eh, 29 goals they have scored. Only 29 in la Liga. Basically, they have played 29 games, they have scored 29 goals, and they have conceded 29 goals as well. They got a, a differential of goals of zero. Eh, Villarreal, who is seventh, basically three points behind them, eh, has a plus 21 in their, their goal difference. So Real Sociedad has been very clever administering the very little uh, amount of goals they score. So hats off to them, but I believe that this is not sustainable moving ahead. At some point, they have to start scoring more goals because otherwise, you know, uh, they may miss uh, from European places. This is the game for Real Sociedad to win. This is the game for Real Sociedad to inflict a defeat to a Spanish team that actually is doing very well this season. I think that they are going to stay in Primera División. And even if they don't get any more points, I think that they could stay in uh, La Liga. Real Sociedad to win, it pays uh, 165. Good enough, I would say. I like the under 2.5 goals. That pays 183. Uh, And if you back Espanol, uh, just because you think that they are dangerous enough, well, the double chance is there. Of course, that pays 239, but I wouldn't go for that one. I'm going to go for under 2.5 goals. That pays 183. Um, despite having Raúl de Tomás, despite Oyarzabal, let's see if Raúl de Tomás is fit, by the way. Uh, I think that the team is going to be uh, a low scoring. The game is going to be a low scoring game. This is it. We've analyzed all the games in La Liga, by the way. Yeah, tomorrow is the World Cup draw. I was just uh, reminding myself. We have to check it. Alvaro, yeah. let's go with your ACA for the week. Absolutely. It's going to be Valencia to win. Asian Handicap Corners minus 2.5 for Athletic Club Bilbao. Asian Handicap minus 1 for Barcelona. And Levante Villarreal over 2.5 goals. That pays 10.98. All right. We saw Danny, by the way, nailing his sack about the international break mm -hmm. in the middle of the week. Let's see if we can nail another Aka, Alvaro. Thank you, as always. Get better. Thanks, everyone, for Thank commenting you. with us. And don't forget to like us and subscribe. Bye-bye.